you know, when everything came out to the light that she spoke, I only knew about my abuse. If you think about it, a lot of the stuff that she saw is what kept her quiet. Like, I can't speak because I see what he's capable of. So if he tells me that he's going to hurt my mom, he is going to hurt my mom. I got to stay quiet. If I speak, I can lose my mom with this. You are now listening to the voice of Tamar with Vanessa Santiago. sister and I'm all excited because I haven't seen my sister in a long time when she gets in the car I can sense something's bad but I just don't know why I'm like is she gonna tell me that my grandfather my grandfather died did she come to Massachusetts to tell me that grandpa died or I'm like no but she told me not to tell my husband so when she sits down in a car she comes with a mission and she said your husband has been molesting your daughter since you guys got married. I married him very young. I was 24 and he was 37. I was a single mom of two girls. My daughter was nine years old when we got married. And um, my sister said, he's been molesting your daughter since you married him. That precise moment when she told me what he had done to my daughter. It's like my whole world dropped. My whole world collapsed. I remember that she said, but that doesn't stop there. Your daughter spoke and called me to tell me to let me know what was going on because he started doing the same thing to my other daughter that was 11 years old. And and he didn't start instantly touching her. He would call her into the room and, and tell her, look at this in the computer. And when she would look, it was, pornography a lot of um almost you know a lot of almost happened with my my 11 year old daughter he almost but whatever he did do my oldest saw and recognized instantly when my sister told me that that was happening we had to do things really quick he was at work so I'm like, I have to drive back one hour and a half back to Worcester. She said, your daughter's already waiting for us in the school. <laughs> she had all this plan. And she's like, let's go. So I went instantly to my daughter's school, to her high school. We went over there. She came down and she thought I was going to reject. And a lot of parents do reject their kids. And a lot of parents do give their kids the back. But in my case, my mom always said, you never choose no one before your kids. Your kids come before anyone. We went in there and in the school, they had a sheriff. <laughs> that day, it was actually a sheriff that was there, not a regular cop. Because normally it was a regular cop. So I tell them I have a situation. And their face turned pale white. And they're like, wait a minute. Like, we got to handle this really quick. Because now we have a situation. We have to help this family. So the sheriff came out, he took our statement. He said, I'm going to drive you and your daughter to the police station from there to the courthouse to get a restraining order. When we finished in the courthouse, we went back to the house and he was blowing up my phone. My sister's like, he's been calling your phone. 
he hasn't stopped calling your phone. I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's heading to the time that he's getting out of work. And I started getting scared because I'm like, we're going to bump into him when we get home. So I'm driving. It was like, I seen Satan in front of me <laughs> and I, I drove really quick and we, we drove to the front. And at that precise moment, my dad arrives and he stands in the front and I'm like, he's right behind us. And the social worker from child protection arrives at the same time. So we all go upstairs until the cops come because the CPS worker reports that he's around the area. And when we go to the third floor where I live, we lock the door. He went through the back door because he was trying to knock the door down. And my dad went to the back door and called him by his name and said, stop. He didn't want to stop. And I remember that the cops came. And when he came upstairs, they arrested him downstairs. I still remember looking down the window and seeing this man being handcuffed. It was like when someone's mask has been removed. It was not the man that I had married. I looked down and he had this, like, if I can rip your head off type of look. And he looked at us, but he stared at my sister, like, how dare you? And it was a whole process because my daughter was about to graduate. They told me, you know, you can't stay with this man. Obviously, I'm not going to stay with him. They didn't believe me. And I'm like, no, because I'm planning to go back to Buffalo with my family. But my daughter is about to graduate. So we had to do what my mom had to come back all the, all the way to Worcester to be with me because I was literally by myself with my kids, surrounded by his family. So my mom did not trust that. She's like, no, I'm going to go with you until your daughter graduates. And, and my mom and I still talk about that. My kids and I went through a lot of um, no food in the house. He would deprive us from that. And when he, when he left, blessings started to pour. It's like that whatever was holding down the blessings that was removed from my house, that minute he was removed from my house, blessings started to pour. I'm like, my kids, my mom cried. She had to go to the room when my kids were happy to see food, like a lot of food and was not, you can't have that. You can't do that. My mom's like, I can't believe. You can tell the abuse and in and, and the whole situation, but even though I had a restraining order against him, his family got him out of jail. And he was caught, he actually started having the guts to call. So when my dad saw that he actually had the guts to call, even though there's a restraining order for you not to do that, my dad, a couple of minutes later, he calls me, start packing. I'm like, what? Start packing. You're not leaving the end of the month. You're leaving the, at the end of the week. I got to get you out of Massachusetts as soon as possible. And he's like, call your stepdad, tell him to come because I'm going to need his help. And between my stepdad, two older men, did a whole move from a third floor between them, my daughter, my mom. We packed things within a week. Within a week, we got rid of stuff. We kept it quiet from his family for them not to find out that we were going to leave. We ended up moving back right after my daughter graduated. So the move happened quickly. And the thing is with 
even even the the financial part got supply the money for for the for us to do the move and in that whole process within him leaving us moving back to buffalo even god even supply um pastors for that those few weeks that i was there i had some pastors which i love dearly you know i love them so much from massachusetts they reached out to me and it was just god had revealed to the pastor that there was something happening to call and when he called when he told his wife to call i was in the room in my bedroom crying with my kids not knowing what to do and that's that was the first key it's like i say he was the pastor that god used to put the bandages and come over here it's time to heal it's gonna start you know now it's the process and yeah that was the pastor that did that. So God put everything, everything, like everything in, in his way, like, and like for, for us to be able to get out of that, that life we had and, and to come back to Buffalo. Was I happy to come back to Buffalo? No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Buffalo, but hey, yeah. um, it's better than the life I had. Yeah. And so what would you say to like a mother who has had children that have experienced different violations and they're just living under the guilt and condemnation of like not seeing that like what would your response be to them when these things happen and your kids are being violated by these people you got to understand that they they have experience with this before so they know what they're doing and they know how to be sneaky there was no way that you were going to be able to notice because they're going to wait for the right moment to do it so you won't realize that's the that's the thing one of the things that i i would think is like how couldn't i noticed like i was staring at my kids and i'm like how how is it possible that i didn't notice this happened under my roof and i didn't notice it's like he will wake up in the middle of the night and go to my daughter's room and how didn't i notice this what kind of a mother am i just to keep sleeping and I even know that he was in my daughter's room these are things that is out of our hands because we didn't know it's like we did not know you did not know that you this situation was happening you know when you're a parent that you protect your kids you know you did your best you know you did everything possible to to protect your kid I don't know there's parents that don't do it that that they decide to to choose the predators um side but there's mothers like they would do anything for their kids when you didn't know you didn't know but you did something as soon as you found out and for those parents that did do something you did do something if you did do something because not every parents do that if you did do something when you found out you just right there you're you're showing the love and the in the care and how much your kids matter to you that you 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 didn't leave it there. You didn't swipe it under the rug like like they used to do back in the days. Yeah. You did something. And I did. I pre- I pressed charges. It's like for those parents that did do something feel proud of the fact that you didn't just pretend like you know, it's hiding. Yeah. No, you did something. What is your advice to that mom who has a strained relationship with their child because of something like this? I'm going through that right now. 
And in all this, I'm gonna tell you, this is the last thing that that I was advice <laughs> that I kept I keep like, you know, when God keeps using people to tell you the same thing. And it's so simple. Be quiet and pray and trust in me. They're not all gonna heal the same way. All three of my kids, because at the end of um almost two years later, my son spoke up. He actually spoke up. The only thing that that gave him the the courage to speak, speaking to them, you know, there shouldn't be, I don't care who it is, family, family, friends, whoever, no one should invade your body. Mm -hmm. I don't care who it is. And my son was in his room thinking and thinking and thinking. And when he finally spoke and told me what had happened to him, first he he didn't he didn't want to, you know, lose his dad. Then then he went through when he found out what his dad had done to his sisters. And when, you know, he figured out because kids, there's kids that don't know that that's not normal. Yeah. And my son didn't think it was wrong what his dad had done to him. But then when he realized, wow, I was invaded. So they all heal differently. After all that you have been through, not only your own trauma, but now the trauma of three of your children, how can you testify about this without feeling like it's the end of the world? God. <laughs> That's my answer too. Every time. <laughs> God. <laughs> if it wasn't because of Jesus, <laughs> telling you, like, I came from Massachusetts back and I was a hot mess. I remember the words he gave me. He used the pastor in Massachusetts to give me words. I'm going to use you and you're going to be speaking in front of a multitude of women. Like you're going to be in a platform. There's going to be a bunch of women and you're going to speak to them about what you survived. But yet I haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Here I'm a hot mess. God is removing me from Egypt. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I, I use this. Like, oh, he's removing me from Egypt. So I'm out of Egypt. I'm in the desert. And I have all the bad habits from Egypt. And I was in a mold that wasn't meant for me. I was supposed to be in a mold that God precisely made for me. But yet, here came this man and put me in a mold that I did not fit in. And, and in that process in the desert, let me tell you. It hurt. And I say this, and now I don't cry when I say this, but man, did it hurt. It used to hurt to breathe. My heart hurt in such a way that I cannot even describe. I would spend three, four, five hours with my head, my forehead in the floor, praying and crying. I would get up and my eyes would be looking like, I would look like a pumpkin, like literally my face all like, swollen to go shower so it can all come down to sit down in my room and start crying again I couldn't live with the guilt I couldn't it's like it killed me and all I would say in all that wrap me in your arms mm -hmm. sometimes I didn't have words just please hide me like just wrap me don't don't let me go and don't please hold me God because I can't take this pain and it was so bad. Like 
my hair started falling. I lost a lot of weight. And I'm talking about I lost weight. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't even go back to work. Mm-hmm. I got I got in such a depression. My mom and my sister had to help me take care of my kids. That's the part people don't see. I, I fell in such a bad depression that I didn't even want to go. I didn't want to get out of the house. I wanted to hide the persecution that my kids and I went through. It was horrible. The attacks from people that we knew, people choosing to, to believe him and everything we went, we went through humiliations. I will go to the church events, okay? And people will literally pass through, like pastor's wives, they will go by me and uh, and I would say, God bless you. And they would just literally pass by me. Yeah, and I think that, I think that that's so important, right? So again, my my platform is not a Christian podcast and I do the air quotes because I, I love Jesus. That's where I stand. I love Jesus and I'm a follower of him. But I've always been really honest on my platform to just share that the church is flawed. Now, and then I think that's why it's important to know the heart of God and to be in relationship with God so that when you see people who don't mirror his heart, you don't pin that against God. And so there are moments where church, people will take sides and believe the wrong person, the person who's doing wrong because they are looking nice. You know, earlier you said that he was handsome. He was well-spoken. He was used by God. And therefore, you know, he was just known as this awesome person because in our minds, rapists are old white men with white vans and little puppies who are luring girls in on an alleyway when that's not the case. So although I've shared multiple times that I've experienced violation in the church and now she's sharing that she's she was ridiculed in the church and that she was hurt by someone who claimed to know the heart of God, it's not that only in church these things are happening. This happens everywhere. I just love Jesus. I love people who love Jesus and and most of the times people who come on my platform know him well and have experienced her at church, just like people experience her in the world or her at their jobs or hurt through their parents. And so I think that that's so important for us to, to really point out because a lot of people will not try to get to know who Jesus is again because of their personal experience in the church. If nothing else, I just want people to know that the heart and nature of God is not always what is exemplified at church. You will not find perfection there. If I would have looked, and let me tell you, my sister snapped me out of it a lot of times because there was times that I wanted to stop. I wanted to stop going to church. I wanted to stop just, I wanted to hide. And my sister's like, it was not God who hurt you. Yeah. It's people that they're ignorant mm-hmm. and they want to choose but God will always bring, she's like, this is all going to change when everything comes out to the light. She's like, for now, you're not going to leave God just because of what others do. Because at the end of the day, if it wouldn't have been because of God, I would not be standing. People ask me, how, how did you survive that? (laughs) When you are in that moment, in that dark place, and you are crying out to God, I guarantee you, that you're not going to stand up from that prayer the same way. You're not going to feel the same way. You're not going to feel, you're going to feel like strength was given to you at that precise moment. And that's what helped me, even if it was crawling, to keep going and and pushing forward. You've been through things in life, so you do me a favor and you're going (laughs) to 
put your skirt in your place, okay? And you're gonna be strong, okay? Because you've been through worse. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you've been through worse. You're not gonna let people scare you off. Yeah. She's like, God will handle that. But you're gonna go to church. And I'm like, but what do I do when I get human? She's like, you're gonna go into church. You're not gonna look at men. You're yeah. going to go praise God. And I'm gonna tell you something. A lot of people are like, how the heck did you do that? I'm like, my God is strong. Yeah. And yeah. he gave me the strength to do that, to overcome that, not to, to, to hide myself away. Yeah. Not to hide away. And, and if it wasn't because of him, I would not be standing here at all. And looking <laughs> as good as you do, because a lot of people won't see this, but I mean, if your glory is your hair, it is there. Okay. So you don't look like what you've been through. And I, I, I feel like I, there's just so much I can take from this. And I feel like I'm leaving this situation with more wisdom and knowing how to help people who've experienced it. So I am so grateful. I'm grateful that you did that live twice because it was deleted the first time <laughs> and you did it again. And I was tagged and we were able to make this connection. And so I just want you to give people one piece of advice that will help them if they've experienced this. And then we're going to pray. Hold on to God. Like seriously, like in the, in the midst of everything, lean on to him. Honestly, like it's going to be tough. And there's going to be moments that you're going to want to give up. And there's going to be moments that you're going to feel like you can't handle it anymore. But when we are weak, our God is strong. At the end of the day, the only one that will never betray you, the only one that will always be there at all times, willing to, to heal every, every single scar everyone else did and created, and to help you move forward is God. I survived because of God. I survived, my kids survived because of God. But the key is do everything that you're supposed to. Take your kids counseling, go to, you take counseling if necessary, do everything that you need to do to get, you know, that professional help. But the main key here is God. Yeah, I mean, it's God for me too. So I'm not mad <laughs> at it at all. All right, so we're gonna pray now. Father, we give you thanks for, for this moment that you have given us. This moment that I didn't expect, but I know you have been glorifying yourself in a way that we don't even understand yet. I know that everything that we have spoken at this precise moment, at this night, God, this is gonna get to someone that needs to hear this words of hope. The, the words that they, they need at that precise moment. I ask you, God, that when they, when people start listening to this testimony, that you may glorify yourself, that people may, their eyes may be open, that they may, may have hope, they may see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they may understand that you will make a way where there's no way, God. I ask you, God, that those that don't have, they, they, they feel like they don't have a way out, that at this precise moment when they do see this, they see or they hear this testimony, God, that they, they, they have the courage, they can build the courage to open their mouth and speak and, and, and be free from whatever is holding them hostage. God, I give you thanks for this moment because I know that, that this is not planned from us. It was planned from you and that you are going to do something 
amazingly big. I ask you, God, for you to glorify yourself in a big way so you that you may bless this ministry, this podcast that she has, and that she may keep speaking whatever you put in her mouth, God, whatever you put in her mouth, and that she may keep reaching out those victims out there, that they're survivors now, they're no longer victims. I ask you, God, to keep blessing her in a special way. We ask that you glorify yourself in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So thank you all for tuning in, for listening. So until next week, everyone, thank you again.